Welcome to Words of Light with Jim, sponsored by All My Relations in Indianapolis, the largest rock and mineral shop in the Midwest, carrying metaphysical supplies for all spiritual paths. We were just talking a little bit about something about sleep state, about our brain waves and various things that we function on. And sometimes there's another word for it, it's called vibration. Just like, can we see airwaves? I mean, like sound coming through the, you know, through the airwaves. We can't. Just like television and radio and all the other things that they send out into the ethers. We don't see them with our naked eyes, but they're still there. Mm-hmm. And they're affecting us to some point of how we feel. It doesn't make us feel comfortable. Does it make us feel edgy, agitated, depending how much we are in balance or out of balance ourselves. So these are things that for years I've known that why does it affect people? Not just the weather, but the energies that they themselves are stepping into. Let's take something called a room full of tension. Nobody, there's no thing you can see in tension, but we feel it. So is that a, is that a air wave, if you want to use the term air, energy that's being emanated from a person or persons mm-hmm. out into the ethers? And I say, yes, it is. It's, it's energy expelled. It's, it's, it's energy. It's just another word for everything. It's just energy. Mm-hmm. And be a, a vibration, uh, an airwave, or whatever terminology you would like to label it, it's still energy. And because we are sensitive to some point of energy and how it affects everybody, how come you know, a lot of the stuff that's going on right now, the things that cause people to do uh, crazy things, why would somebody all of a sudden do something that might be considered abnormal for them, generally speaking, and all of a sudden do something really crazy? Is it because of some other energies that have been put out there? Or they're stepping into an energy that makes them feel agitated or more at peace? I'm going to pick on Liz for just a moment here because we had an experience on Monday, didn't we, that we called, we stepped into a place of peace. And I showed her that you can do it just like that. But it takes practice to learn how to do that. And if you're with a person or by yourself or in a space that you feel comfortable, that you can completely relax. It's like, excuse me, let your guard down. You have nothing to be concerned about, no fear. You're just at peace. And it's, it's like the utopic, it's the place that some people call Irvana or heaven. Okay. There's another terms for those words. And, and again, that's why a lot of times people say, Heaven can be found on this earth. It can be found on this earth. Is it really a location? Heaven is, to some people, thinking of a, a spot out there in the universe and a, a planet or a, some location. Really, it's, it's back within our own self. That's where heaven exists, is within our own being. Just like Jesus told, you know, the, the, he was always being tested by the smart guys, you know, the scribes and the Pharisees that were so smart. They were always, well, when is the kingdom of God going to show up? They were basically asking him, when is it coming? And he says, it's already here. Mm -hmm. And can you, how can they see that when to them, it's not the kingdom of heaven, when it's, to them, it's heaven, it's earth, you know, it's just crazy stuff. A piece of land that we live on every day. Right. So to think that the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven is already here, which it is. We have to learn how to step into it. And we have to be feeling comfortable or safe, secure. I'm okay. It's like laying yourself on the floor and saying, 
I don't have to worry about a thing. I'm safe. Nobody's going to step on me. Nobody's going to make fun of me. Nobody's going to make any comments. I'm good. And once you can learn to do that, then you truly are stepping into that space of nirvana, heaven, bliss, other words you want to put in it. But it still comes down to that space that we would all like to achieve on a regular basis. But because the world constantly wants us to be in conflict, how many times were you told to think before you do anything? So technically, thought is a, is a process, a, a, a spiritual gift. But when man has implied that we are to think before we act, it wasn't a thought of love and peace. It was other thoughts like, what am I going to do tomorrow when I get up and go to, go to work? I've got to get there at 7 o'clock. I've got to do this. I've got to make sure the lawn's, laundry's done. I've got to do this and that. All that stuff that goes through your mind to think, to plan, call it, put, assimilate a process in our own thinking. And that's what we have a brain for too. But there again, it doesn't provide the thought that says, I, let's call it the thought I am. I am what? I am happy. I am at peace. I am love. I am joy. Anything that you'd like to put into your thought. Too many times we're busy thinking about other thoughts. So how can you be thinking about those other ones? The we're too busy planning and thinking about other things to, other than to say, I'm at peace. I'm skirting it already because I can start to sense it and feel that because I know what it feels like to step into that place of comfort and wow it's just everything just is just awesome and if we start to practice that more again we emanate that out as I mentioned these energies that are put out be it airwaves or whatever you like to call those things I call them energies that potentially maybe other people can pick them up then so that they too can feel at peace. Just like if you're full of tension all the time, other people are going to pick up your tension. They do. Yeah, they do. Does this all make it simple? To me, this is some of the most simplest things that we are doing as spiritually enlightened individuals to realize and come to that point of saying, what am I really here for? I've had a lot of people say, like, what, what's my real purpose in life? Some people have virtually, in their imagination, no talent, no gifts. Uh, they don't do anything important. They're no teachers or just whatever they may call themselves, whatever. I don't want to downplay anybody. Right. I would remind them, if you go into a space and sit there in love and peace, you're doing what you're supposed to do. That's it. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, Jim, that's it. If that's all you feel you can do, then do that. That's awesome. I'll gladly take 150 people with me that want to do that kind of thinking, and they don't have to have any what you call miraculous talents. Mm -hmm. They don't have to be super people, if you want to call them. Just loving and peaceful people. Mm -hmm. Give them to me. Bring them on. And march them into a room and set them down and have them focus. I use a needle point as an example. If I put a needle standing upright in the middle of the floor and take that group of people, everybody focuses on the needle point. You realize how much focus that is on that tip, tip of that little needle? That's a lot of focus. Mm -hmm. And it's equivalent to the same thing. That needle point is peace or love and or all of the whatever you want to focus on. Can you imagine what that creates then? And if everybody, and if you believe or not, was, would be completely relaxed and you focus on that needle point, somebody could pick it up and poke you and it would cause no discomfort to you, none. Imagine that. And again, this takes practice, but the gurus of the world, the people that have finally learned how to step into nirvana, I like that word because it's total bliss and peace. When they step into that space and they can do that, like they're 
earthly desires and pleasures are still there to some point, but very small, like they, food and just enough to get by on the same with anything, just enough to survive. But as far as do they need money? No, nothing that calls the material world to, they just promote peace and love. That's it. That, that's, if you check it that all out, it's just like, what did Jesus promote a lot? Has anybody really just simplified what Jesus promoted? No. You got it. That's it. That's all he promoted was love and let's all get along, basically. Come on, let's quit fighting and just get at peace. That's all he promoted, you know, and wake up to the system. He was a rebel, by the way, too. Everybody knows that. He was shaking up the system. He made people aware of what was going on in the countryside, meaning what the government was doing to them and how the even the, let's say, church was misleading the people. He even pointed that out to the people. So that's why he'd be considered a bad guy to the church, if you want to say it that way, because he, he didn't conform to and preach the way they wanted him to teach and preach. He was against the system, totally. So when we see people that are, maybe some people might call them problem people, just think, if we would have been back in that era, would we have been with Jesus or against him? It'd be interesting, you know, because where you were raised at the time, maybe you were in the high society sector and said, oh, we're important people, you know, and he's a Mr. Troublemaker. Yeah. Or maybe we were at the bottom of the pile, just struggling and saying, we need somebody to shake up the system and he's the man that can do it. So it depends where you're standing at the moment, right? Yeah. Isn't that interesting? You, you start to realize that your life is dictated a lot by the way you were brought up and where you're in, let's say, your little slot in society or whatever that little notch, you know, groove is or whatever. I always said I was so blessed. I was, I was and never considered myself poor, but certainly not rich either. But if I look back at my life, we weren't too far from the bottom of the pile. <laughs> but I never saw it that way. And I never considered myself put in a bad situation. I was very blessed not to live on the street. I have always had a house, a roof over my head. Sometimes it was a little different. So. Here we are having our, our lives affected by the way we were brought up. And how says that you also weren't stimulated to be somebody like a troublemaker? And I don't mean that negatively, okay? Okay, because your job is to rock the boat. To think that your job was to stimulate people into waking up to the truth. And in spiritual awareness, if we consider ourselves rocking the boat, yes, we are. And the numbers and percentage, does anybody have a clue what the percentage of, we'll call enlightened people are on the planet right now. Does anybody know? About 20%. Anybody else want to take a guess? And the only reason I know is because Spirit told me. That's, I'm not talking from Mr. I don't speak, right. I'm not speaking from somebody handed me a piece of paper with a number on it, okay? But Spirit has periodically informed me of this. Back when I started doing this about 24 years ago, the numbers were probably around 18%. Now we're up to about 27%. I'm talking about the world. I'm not talking just this, this right here in Indianapolis. We're talking the world. So there are piles that are sectors bigger in Leiden and others that have virtually none. But on a percentage, we're probably around 27 to 28% right now in the world. That doesn't mean everybody is necessarily practicing or coming to groups like this, but inside themselves, they know there's something more to life than just being born, going to school, uh, getting a job, getting a family, blah, 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 all that kind of stuff, mm -hmm. which most of us do, right? We, for the majority, we all kind of fit in that little groove, if you want to say it. <laughs> we do. But I knew when I was a kid that there's something more to this business than going to school. And, you know, I'm a kid. What do I know? I'm going to school. That's my job, if you will, see. And yet something inside of me said, 
there's something more than, than this going on here. And I didn't, nobody handed me a piece of paper with that note on it. And back to, like I said, that gift was with me already then, and I know that now, <laughs> if you know what I'm saying. I, don't, I didn't know that then. I didn't have a clue because nobody, I couldn't talk to anybody about it. I, I, yes, you're right. That's crazy. I, I got a little funny look and, well, okay, Jim, and they took and take off. And, oh, all right, so. Say, do we need to take you somewhere and get, and, so you can talk to someone about this? Right. <laughs> you got it. So I just shut my mouth, basically, and went along with the group. I just thought, well, if I'm ever going to get along with society, I need to conform. And that's basically what I did, not knowing that I was really hurting myself somewhat, but not really, because I also learned a lot from conforming. Has anybody ever wore shoes that were in style, but they hurt your feet? Oh, yeah. All day. Ah! Uh, <laughs> I'm not talking shoes in this instance. Talking, I'm conforming to life, and it hurt me, if that makes sense. But I did it just because it was the right thing to do. I got to look like the rest of you people and act like the rest of you people. So we found out, and again, thank goodness you are all getting a little wiser, right? Well, hopefully. Well, we're all definitely getting older, but that's okay, too, because with age comes wisdom. Now, knowledge, does everybody understand? Knowledge is the ability to understand how to do something. Let's say... You want to assemble something, you know, like put two pieces of wood together, you know, whatever. You say that that's knowledge. But if somebody says, now what's the best way to do it? That comes with experience and that equates to knowledge or wisdom. Does that make sense? Wisdom is how to put it to best use or the easiest. Do you understand what that is? They turn to you for that wisdom because you've been around for a while. They trust your knowledge and your wisdom. Okay, there's a word for the, uh, what's that word, the matriarch. Everybody knows what the matriarch is, right? That's usually, usually an older female in the family that everybody, that they turn to. Now, occasionally there is a man that takes that role, occasionally, okay, that the family turns to to say, if we have a a question that needs to be answered, we're going to call on that person. Yeah, but I always thought by the time you got to be that person, you'd have some answers. (laughs) (laughs) Nobody told me it didn't come with an answer book. Carlene, you, you've got more wisdom than you realize sometimes. You, you all take yourself for granted. You all do. Everybody takes their whatever they call their gifts, the ability to do something without much fanfare because to them it's just normal. It's what they do. Thank you for listening to Words of Light with Jim. Come check out All My Relations in Indianapolis or go online to allmyrelationsindy.com, the largest rock and mineral shop in the Midwest, carrying metaphysical supplies for all spiritual paths. Words of Light with Jim, spreading light for your spiritual journey.